0: Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Jeff Robison. Jeff is the head instructor and owner at Club MMA in Cincinnati, Ohio. They also have a second location in Northern Kentucky. Really appreciate Jeff, joining me on the show today, if you're a fan of The Kelly Patrick Show, even if this is your first time tuning in, I would like for you to send some referrals the way of my sponsors. life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals, 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by club MMA head instructor and gym owner of both locations. We have on the line with us, Jeff Robison. Jeff, how are you
1: today? Great, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me today. How are you?
0: Doing very well. Really appreciate uh, you coming on, getting to chat a a little bit about, of course, your two gyms. Um, You know, the funny thing is a lot of times before I record episodes, we start with a little bit of small talk, and sometimes that conversation can be, I don't know, as entertaining or intriguing for you and for I, uh, but also for the listeners, Um, as a lot of the stuff we covered during the episode. So before we started, I said, Jeff, before we start, I want to know, are you affiliated with Scott Smith and my gem, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of Kentucky, or are you guys just friendly? Um, So if it's all right, we might as well jump right into it and address that.
1: Um, Actually, so uh, I am personally, we are not affiliated We are just great friends. Um, I met Scott a couple years back, uh, probably five or six years ago. Um, I'm up in Cincinnati, and I saw that uh, Master Pedro Sauer was going to be doing a seminar in Dayton. And I'm like, dude, this is like 45 minutes from my house. So how lucky am I? Um, Because I've always wanted to go to one of his seminars. And me and one of my black belts went, and it was at um, Ken Tran's place, who's super awesome dude Love that up guy. in Dayton. Love Canton. Yeah, totally. And, uh, I met Ken for the first time and we get to the seminar and it's literally Ken, who was a blue belt at the time, all of his white belts and Taekwondo students. And then me and my other black belt that was with me and Scott Smith was there and then master shower. And we kind of just like walked in, they didn't know anybody, put our stuff on and you know, master shower is just like, one of the nicest dudes you will ever meet. I mean, just a great guy. Super awesome um, to listen to, hear his stories. His instruction is, you know, top notch. And uh, Scott was there. And Scott and me and my, my one black belt, we all just kind of started talking and stuff. And, and immediately shook hands and hit it off. And it was just like exchange phone numbers. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to come down and visit you one day. And I literally, like a month later, just got in the car, drove down, sat in the office with him, talked. Um, met Adam Miller, you know, who's another one of my most favorite people. And we literally just became friends. And it's really nice to, uh, have another guy, um, that owns a martial arts school that goes through the same trials and tribulations you do. And I mean, I I probably talk to Scott once a week. I mean, literally on the phone, I, I literally talked to him yesterday, um, which is great. So I really like that guy. I like his style. I just like who he is as a person. Um, I love his gym. I'll always come down and visit, come to, you know, Master Sour or Henry Aiken seminars and stuff or two sometimes. So I'll just want to leave my gym and I'll just drive down for a day class and uh, hit up Adam Miller for a private and train with him, take day class and drive back. So um, Scott is a great guy. One of my most favorite people.
0: Agreed. He's had a, a significant impact on, my life, and also you know my my wife and my three kids. So I could go on and on about how sure. great Scott Smith is. Also from my perspective, Jeff, uh, being this is the first time I've had the chance to chat with you at least on air. I think we rolled. I forget. We you and I rolled one time. Was it at a Henry Aiken seminar? Maybe. Probably. Yep.
1: I've been I've been down there. We ran into each other a couple of times. You know I've I follow your stuff, and uh, I, enj- I enjoy the uh, I enjoy all the posts and private groups and everything. So, uh, I'm a fan. A little bit of the, uh, horseplay, uh, on occasion, I think. Right. Right. I was explaining to my wife. I was like, it's just, you know, it's kind of like, just like a guy private group. It's fun. It's catered to MMA. It, you know, it'll give you a laugh. And, and cause I was explaining who you were to her, um, on the car ride back. And, uh, I just like, he's like, he's like a tri-state, you know, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he knows everything that's going on in Kentucky MMA and probably a lot more than that. Um, and I said, and he's got a private group and he's got a podcast and I said, what you have, how many episodes you got?
0: This is like 600 something. So yeah, I've been doing yeah, it since I mean, 2017 and I just keep doing them and doing them and doing them. Right. And I like it.
1: No. And that's cool because that was one of the things that we were talking about prior was like, how, what got you into this? Because. What's funny is, is for me, I've been training martial arts my whole life, but I went to school for broadcasting. Wow. So like, I have, I have a degree in broadcasting. So like being on the radio, cause like we had to do radio shows in school, um, doing video production, which is a huge part, um, of my core, um, because of all the other stuff that we can get into later. But like, I have like a, um, my own personal affiliation for jujitsu and Muay Thai and business. And, um, I'm not the best typer or writer or communicator on paper, but, um, give me a camera and some video and, you know, some editing software or, or, you know, even like just sitting down and talking to people like that's my jam is the whole broadcast video production. And that's, that's what I grew up doing in college and worked in the field and then kind of got a huge opportunity to teach martial arts. And I jumped on that, but I've been using my broadcasting background for 20 years and it's helped so much. So, uh, and I was in the car with all my staff. We went to, um, we had our staff, uh, Christmas lunch and my one kid's like, coach, why don't you have a podcast? I'm like, I would love to, I just don't have time. So, um, but I understand the technology. I, I love, I love chatting with people and hearing their stories and stuff. So, you know, for you, I think, I think it's awesome to have that many episodes and uh, you and you just love to do it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I am a health insurance broker, so I do end up getting referrals from the podcasting world. I'm licensed in Ohio. Home home base office for my business is up in the Dayton, Ohio area, actually. So I have a lot of connections oh, wow. in the state of Ohio. But so it does cross over into helping my career some. But for the most part, it's you know, like you said, I I, I really enjoy doing it. I get to meet great people. Um, I get to cross train and have fun and get to, I don't know. I, I love it. I've got three kids. They all train. I teach kids jujitsu. It's just turned into kind of who I am. What college did you go to for uh, broadcast journalism?
1: Uh, I, went to, I went to University of Cincinnati.
0: Okay. Yeah. But
1: cool. that was 20 years ago.
0: Very cool. My, Since you were asking, and we'll get into your background, but my summary of how I got into this I was born in Athens, Ohio, in nineteen eighty three I think in eighty four or eighty yeah eighty four my father graduated from the ohio university broadcast journalism uh, school. They have a good journalism program there, so mm-hmm. not only my dad but also one of my uncles all three uh, my dad and his two brothers all studied broadcast journalism and I grew up as a young kid wanting to be an ESPN sports reporter myself. I wasn't wasn't a very good student, so I didn't go to college for that, although my brother did. He went to Eastern Kentucky, and so it's just kind of in my blood to want to be involved with um, sports radio in some capacity, and I always liked uh, boxing commentators. I was always drawn to boxing for some reason one moment here. And uh, I don't know, man, it just kind of came to fruition. I, I, I went to college, got out, got a job in a bank, ran into a buddy of mine from high school in the bank. And he was doing YouTube videos of people doing like competitive eating, silly things. And I started talking to him about how I always wanted to, <clears throat> this was 2010, how I always wanted to be a sports reporter. And shout out to my friend, Matt McCarthy from high school. He's the producer of the podcast even to this day. Um, Matt McCarthy said, oh, you should come over to my house. We record a podcast. I've got all the equipment and all that. So I would just go over there and have a couple drinks and start talking originally about Louisville basketball versus Kentucky basketball and football and arguing back and forth on that type of stuff. So that's kind of where it came from. In 2013, I attended a local boxing event here in Louisville, Kentucky, and I met Todd Neal. Todd was involved with the commission for so long. I see you nodding there, Uh, Jeff. I I assume you're familiar with who Todd is.
1: I I know who Todd is.
0: So I met Todd Neal, Gary Thomas, some different people who were not only involved in the combat sports realm for boxing, but they said, Kelly, you really got to come check out an MMA event. I didn't know anything about MMA in 2013. I mean nothing. And I showed up in an event. It was a bluegrass brawl in Lexington, Kentucky, and kind of the rest kind of grew from there. They asked me to do commentary, I think in 2014, even prior to me ever training jujitsu. And I, uh, through Facebook, I met Scott Smith. I signed my son up like a, (laughs) what, whatever you want to say about me being the, um, low testosterone man that I, I was so fearful that I signed my son up for jujitsu to let him dip his toes in the water. And then two years later, I ended up getting on the mats myself. So that's, that was my approach, um, thanks to Scott and Donna Smith really helping me get involved with that. And then it grew from there. And as I started training and learning a little bit more about it, I got to commentate a couple more events. They ended up asking me to do commentary for Hard Rock and the B2 Fighting Series full-time. Not full-time, I shouldn't say that. Uh, it was a paid type gig. I'd get like 150 bucks a show And if I needed a hotel, they would pay for that too. So nothing too um, extravagant, not a career. But I did that for four years where I did every event for the, the B2 Fighting Series. And I really enjoyed it in 2017. I recorded, started the Kelly Patrick Show podcast. And episode number one was myself and Professor Scott Smith. And so that was 600 and whatever episodes ago, and it has kind of come from there. I should say I was on the AM-FM radio in Louisville every weekend from 2012 through right when Corona happened. So for eight years, every Sunday morning, I'd be on the AM-FM radio here in Louisville. So that's kind of the backstory, and then it kind of grew from there, and then my niche ended up, of course, being the combat sports for
1: the most part. So that's, that's my backstory. No, I love it. That's super cool because, you know, now that uh, I just remember being in college, everything that we learned, everything was so analog and digital was just starting. And um now literally you can just do everything on your phone or your laptop or your iPad and gear isn't that expensive, you know what I mean? And communications, forms of communications just just not that hard anymore, you know. Um and now too, like everybody can do their own thing, which is which is cool. And if you got something to sell and people like listening to you and you got a decent following, you can make it. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not as hard to make it anymore. You know what I mean? Which I think it's super cool. But, um, but too, there's such a, you know, everybody's got a perspective and there's some really good people out there. You know, it's like, Oh, I want to hear your perspective and you can interview people and you can have a conversation and you know, it makes people happy. So like, I'm all, I'm all for that. Do, Do what you love. And, uh, if you can actually make money doing it even better, you know, if you can support your family on it, that's amazing. Um, you know, if you can, if you can secure your financial future, even that's the greatest, you know, and that's that for me, that's what I've been lucky enough to do is, um, create an opportunity for myself to where I've got, you know, multiple gyms, um, multiple sources of income. And, uh, and, and I I get to do this for the rest of my life. So I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to do anything else. And, I'm fortunate, so that's that's good though. But man, if you keep this up, it's it's going to keep rocking out for you.
0: It's enjoyable. It's you know at the very least. Hopefully, I continue to enjoy it and get to know. I mean, selfishly for me, I've gotten to meet, and you. I'm sure you believe me. You know, I'm not bullshitting. I get to meet great people through this podcast, and you know, sometimes become friends with them. And you know, it's Mm -hmm. it it really does. um, It's worth it. So it's all a neat little. Um, community. And I, I like the entirety of the the operation with the local combat sports scene and how it kind of intertwines with the podcast. Jeff, are you originally from Cincinnati, I assume?
1: Uh, Yep. Nope. I was born and raised here. I'm on the west side of Cincinnati. Literally, um, I live two miles from where I grew up. And uh, my gym is two miles from that. And my parents live between me and my gym and my in-laws live between me and my gym. My kids like, you know, uh, the funny thing about the West side of Cincinnati is if you're a West sider, you, you ride and die here. So, um, it's just, I'm a typical West sider, uh, on the city of, in the city of Cincinnati. So, um, I grew up here, went to high school here. Wife grew up here, went to high school here. You know, we serve our community. Uh, kids go to school here, you know, Jim's been here for, it'll be club MMA. will be 15 years old in April, um, 2023. So we've been serving the community for almost 15 years, which is really great. Um, so it's, it's awesome. And now that we're in Northern Kentucky, we've been in Northern Kentucky, um, in Campbell County for three years as well. So it's. It's going good, and I got nothing to complain about. Um, what
0: sports did you play growing up? What high school did you go to? to did you play any sports uh, in high school? How did your martial arts story begin?
1: So martial arts for me started when I was um, in the first grade. Um, I was uh, sitting next to this kid next to me. at the first grade, I went to St. Jude Catholic School for my first eight years, and then I went to Oak Hills High School, which is a public school for my uh, for my high school years. And then in high school, I went to a vocational school uh, the last two years. So, first grade, I'm sitting next to this kid. Hey, you know, my name is Andy. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hey, man, you want to come and do karate at my uncle's house in his basement? And I was like, Of course, I want to go. And um, we exchanged phone numbers. His mom called my mom. His dad came and picked me up, took me over to his uncle's house. And we did karate in the basement because his uncle, who was one of my first martial arts instructors and um, probably one of my most valued martial arts instructors in my life. He uh, he taught the neighborhood kids in uh, his basement. We were called the Bears, and he had mats in the basement, and he'd bring 15 kids over. We'd all be in the basement. We'd bow in, and he'd teach us. Um, we were learning karate, like tempo karate, and it was every Monday night at 6 o'clock, and it cost a nickel. So we did that for a while, and then uh, he actually had a studio, him and a couple of his buddies had a studio, so they moved us to the studio, and we were doing karate on Mondays. Every other Monday, we would do judo, and me and my, me and my buddy did that probably for two or three years, and then my buddy's like, hey, I think I just want to play, play soccer. So, um, So my dad immediately got me into another martial arts school right after that my dad trained, um, martial arts back in the seventies. So he was, um, he was a, uh, Tang Sudo, um, student under master on, who was like one of the primary Tang Sudo slash Taekwondo instructors in Cincinnati. And, um, my dad trained under him in the seventies. So I was the uh, only son that showed interest in martial arts in the second, you know, my dad's like, Oh, you want to do this? We're going to sign you up. And, uh, so and it's literally been nonstop since so um did did taekwondo with one school until i was like 15 and then i switched to another school and i was probably like a second degree black belt by then and then by the time i came in an adult i was about 18 i kind of took hiatus went to college and then got back into it like when i was about 20 and i went back to the school that i left and i rolled in and hey i'm, I'm back i want to start training again and I kind of worked a deal out with the, um, the person that owned the school. And he said, as long as I come in and help teach class, so let me train for free. And that turned into, Hey, do you want a full-time job? Coach at martial arts. And that was in Taekwondo. And I was probably like 22. I just got out of college. I had a, I had a degree. I was in the, the video production field. I had a job. I was, you know, going to make movies, you know what I mean? And, uh, back to training, you know, living on my own. And he's like, Hey, if you want to work for me, I'll pay you whatever you're making. And I'm like talking to my girlfriend at the time who is now my wife. And she's like, you got to do this. I'm like, okay. So, uh, so I jumped on it and ended up, that's where I really learned the business of martial arts and, you know, teaching Taekwondo five days a week. I'm working 40 to 50 hours a week running a martial arts school. I knew I didn't I knew nothing about running a martial arts school, Um, but I was like, I'm going to learn how to do this. This is a huge opportunity. And, you know, classes were going well. Student enrollment was going well. I was learning how to sign people up and talk on the phone and run a business. And then I started to get bored teaching Taekwondo. So my first grade buddy that said, hey, you want to do karate? He was just getting out of college. And we hooked back up again. And he's like, Hey man, you should call my uncle again. And I did. And my buddy's like, also, Hey man, I'm moving to Chicago. So good luck. Call my uncle. So I called his uncle and his uncle remembered me for when we were little. And then I found out really who his uncle was. And his uncle was the guy that was like training with, and I don't know if you know any of these names, but like Dan and Asano and he was training with Ajong Chai. He was training with, you know, he was doing Pinjot Sealot with Paul de Tours. He was doing all the crazy stuff, the Jeet Kune Do, you know what I mean? And this is back in the heyday in the late 70s, early 80s. And, um, and he's, you know, this guy, he's in his 50s now, and he's, you know, not in the greatest of health, but he was like, hey, yeah, man, I'll, I'll show you some stuff. So I started training with him, and I started learning Kali and thick fighting and knife fighting and JKD and Muay Thai. And he's like, well, you got to call these people now. And then I started learning jujitsu and the jujitsu journey has been crazy because I bought a book and I started reading this jujitsu book, this like, and I met these two guys and they're like, yeah, we got like a jujitsu program. This is, like 2003. And I started just meeting with them and flying out to California and or Vegas and training under them. And they're black belts under the Machado brothers. And And eventually got a blue belt and eventually started doing more Muay Thai. And I'm out in Vegas. Vegas is like the Mecca of MMA. And, you know, stumbled upon Master Toddy's gym and started flying out there, you know, every six months to train with them guys. And and the journey has just been insane. And I eventually, about five years into working for that guy, decided, I think I want to go out on my own and do my own thing. I don't want to do Taekwondo anymore. So I opened Club MMA in 2008 as a blue belt, and and we here we are 15 years later, and the journey has just been insane. I probably learned more from 2008 to now than I did the 20 years I trained martial arts prior to that, So because everything was just on-the-job training, you know what I mean? You're learning how to do stuff, you're learning how to run a gym, you're learning how to fight, learn how to box, learn how to kickbox, learn how to do jujitsu, learn how to wrestle and, uh, learn how to stick fight. So, and now 2022, which will be 2023 in a couple of days. Um, I finally, you know, secondary black belt in jujitsu, got my crew in Muay Thai and I've got multiple black belts in Filipino martial arts, different systems, Sixth degree black belt in Taekwondo. Um, still working on that judo black belt. That one's just really hard.
0: Are you working toward a judo black belt?
1: I am. I'm just, that's just judo hurts, especially when you're 40, you know? So I've got, I've got some, got some instructors and stuff that I'm training under and, but it's just kind of on my own time. Um, but yeah, that stuff is, I don't want to fall anymore because especially when you're training at a gym that's just got mats on concrete. That is brutal. Um, I'm very fortunate at my academy. I have a uh, subfloor with uh, the foam underneath it, so falling at my academy is not that bad, but I don't want to fall anywhere else. In
0: 2008 is when you started Club MMA, hence the name. I'm sure it was originally intended to at least cover all sorts of different martial arts, right? Was that MMA... Uh, acronym for the sake of your gym was it unique to the sport or what why did you choose the name club mma was it specifically well to compete in mma no
1: i mean i think the word club well mma obviously for the acronym of mixed martial arts it wasn't about fighting as far as like ufc fighting it as it was just mixing of the arts you okay. know because that's really what that's really what G kune do was about you know back when bruce lee was trying to do trying to integrate arts So. um the MMA was just a mixture of the arts, and the word club, it, this is actually kind of, it's, it's silly, it's silly, but brilliant. Um, the word club, it, 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 it kind of represents community, you know what I mean? So, um, I wanted the place to be a community, but I wanted the word, the name to be generic. I wanted the name of the business to be generic because club MMA is very generic. Meaning, if later from a business perspective, I wanted to franchise it to where it could be Robison's Club MMA, Kelly Patrick's Club MMA. Wow, you see what I'm saying? So, my wife is a um, marketing and brand identity major, so that is her uh, niche. So we did it that way, just because if future opportunities wanted to come or come about, because Club MMA Kentucky. Um, I actually, I have a, a partner in because I was running club MMA Cincinnati and I just had a guy call me out of the blue and say, Hey, you want to open another gym? I'm looking to, I'm looking to do something. And so I took on a partner with him and, um, my, my partner, Joel Lapolis, and he's just like, look, I'm out of my job. I want to do something that makes me happy. What do I got to do to figure this out? And I gave him some ungodly tasks and, uh, he met every one of them. And we, uh, we formed a second company, started Club MMA, Campbell County. And um, we systemized everything that I do at my main academy for down there. And, um, and Joel came in and literally on his own time for six months came in, learned how to coach, learned how to do this. Plus I hired, um, uh, you probably know him, uh, you know, Jerry uh, Clore, Jerry the Magnificent. I'm sure you've uh, caught, you've called some of his fights.
0: Yes, I'm, I'm familiar.
1: Yeah, so Jerry is one of my black belts, my jiu-jitsu black belts under me. Okay. So we hired him. We hired him full time. So he runs all my adult programs uh, down there, and um, and then Joel's a full time coach down there, and he's um, everybody runs everything. You know what I mean? So Joel's been with me now for a couple years, and then I have a up and comer named uh, Solomon. And this kid is been homeschooled his whole life, and he trains at the gym five days a week. And he's 16 now. He works for me. He literally is. He's gonna. He's gonna take club MMA to the next level. Um, and the kid's an amazing coach, and he's an amazing competitor. I can't wait for him to be 18 so he can actually fight MMA. Um, but uh, so I've got a I got a solid crew down in Kentucky, um, which is great. And then I have a solid crew up here at, uh, my headquarters Academy. So I'm pretty lucky. I get to kind of bounce back and forth, um, between the academies and everything is kind of being ran the same way. So, uh, which is pretty awesome.
0: It is still called just club MMA. So the original marketing, um, idea for the, the term club MMA is not for the sake of this, because maybe because you guys are so close or what's the, the reason that it's still well, just club MMA.
1: Well, it's Club MMA. So we got Club MMA Cincinnati, which is headquarters, and then Club MMA Campbell County. So, because the thing is, is you got to remember when you when you learn about business, and this is actually a really good lesson for all you martial arts school owners out there. Is um, because I pride myself on my business practices, and I actually spend part most of my day consulting to other martial arts school owners um, because that's a part of the, one of the organizations that I run is branding an identity for any kind of business is one of the most important things because you got to have consistency across the board. Hmm. You know what I mean? So what I don't want is, you know, and, and, and the thing is, is in club MMA Cincinnati, which is headquarters, I have 700 clients. I have 700 students up here. Wow. Wait, and, I'm sorry. Hey. 700
0: just at the Cincinnati.
1: Yes. Just in Cincinnati.
0: Wow. Now, so, wait, 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 before we go, <laughs> that's quite a few, I think believe, right? Yeah. Is is that all?
1: Martial arts students. Yeah, every that's all I that's all I do is martial arts. Okay. We so club MMA is a mixed martial arts school that teaches martial arts to ages four and up. So we teach kids MMA. We teach kids jujitsu. We teach kids uh, teen jujitsu, teen muay thai, adult muay thai, um, adult jujitsu, and um, you know so we have a full schedule. We're probably teaching 30 to 40 classes a week. I have three full-time employees up here. I'm the fourth full-time employee. And then I have two part-timers. Well, I'm sorry, five full-timers and then two part-timers that run headquarters. And then I got two full-timers and a couple part-timers that run my Kentucky school. Now Kentucky has 300 students. So, but you have to remember brand identity is what makes, is what makes things powerful. You know what I mean? Like, you, you want the French fries to taste the same. And what I mean is, is that's through visual looks, you know, um, aesthetic layouts, design, you know, like flyers, logos, everything. You know I mean, like we have the same mats that are here that are, that are down there. And you know, if you follow the Gracie's, you know, what color is the Gracie mat?
0: Is it, uh, the old you one, know? R- r- like in yeah. Brazil, red? No, it's green. Green, okay, okay. I'm trying to think. Wasn't yeah. there some so old, there, in Brazil, like the, those real old mats in Brazil where they have those small little rooms? Were they always green?
1: No, they're all green because okay. that's their identity. Okay. You know what I mean? The Gracie Triangle is an identity. So, like, um, you know, the Gracies are brilliant when it comes to their brand identity and marketing. You know what I mean? But that's just business. That's not just martial arts business. You know, so, um, you know, so... Like I said, I got, you know, 700 clients up here. I got 300 down there and we're running, we're running the same programs, the same planners, the same parties, the same marketing, the same everything. But the reason Kentucky built, I feel pretty quick is because Cincinnati had, the Cincinnati Academy, we have, we have a good brand. We have a good identity. We have a good reputation and we just kind of push that just right over the river. And, um, it's eventually started to pick up. You know what I mean? Cause I was having people from Kentucky drive up to Cincinnati to train. And I'm like, Hey man, I got a gym over there now. And they're like, Oh, tell us where it's at. And we've already expanded once down there. I went from 3000 to like 4,500 square feet. Got a huge single, single mat. Um, because in headquarters, I have a 40 by a hundred foot long mat but I partition it with curtains. So I'll have two, two classes going on at one time the whole night, you know, Uh, and a potential third. I'm sorry. A potential, a potential. I I have two. So I have an opportunity to run three classes at one time. If I want,
0: I see. I thought you were going to say a potential third location.
1: Sorry. I No, 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 no. So I have two, I have my main mat, which partitions into two. And then I have a side mat with my cage and my like heavy bags and stuff. So, if I wanted to have three, three classes going on at one time, I can. Very but cool. that's all got to be facilitated with good staff, good coaching and, um, organization to where the coaches know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like they're not just, we we've, we've literally sat down and we have every class planner written out for the next six months. So we know how everything's going to get facilitated. We know what's going to get facilitated. We know when promotions are You know, we know what's expected. We know what tournaments are coming up so we can incorporate tournament training and stuff like that. So everything is just super organized. That's how I run like MMA camp. I'll sit down and break down MMA camp into eight weeks and I know every practice is going to be ran um, before camp even starts.
0: I can see why you and Professor Scott Smith enjoy chatting with each other. You guys are going through a lot of the same... Same types of things. He's growing also
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, we've been talking about his new location that he got at that building We just got Shelby, be moving, the, yeah, the guys out of the church into into the building and stuff. Um, you know, which is great. Yeah, he just called me the other day about some bleachers.
0: okay, yep. I, we, which, he he brought support. us out to a nice uh, lunch for the staff because I do instruct kids classes every Tuesday for Gracie of Kentucky. Uh, headquarters in town. so I'm not real involved with the expansion the Indiana or the uh, uh all the other stuff so I don't know that much about it but he did mention a li- I think he even mentioned some
1: bleachers I forget you know exactly what but right no running a, running a school I mean like it's uh everybody like don't get me wrong like you know the dream was like oh man I'm gonna coach like high-level athletes and do this and do that blah 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 and, you know um you know that's there's nothing better for an instructor to get to work with an athlete that knows how to move their body and has, um, you know, good head on their shoulders and understands all the stuff. But I've been I've been teaching martial arts for over 20 years and just helping. It's it's now not about the punching and kicking anymore, or the grappling, or the choking people out. Is it's just about helping people and being a part of building a community and building, helping people, you know, conquer conquer fear, conquer their anxiety or build confidence and stuff like that. You know, I've had, I got kids that I've trained, you know, they're 10 years old and now they're married and doctors. And you know what I mean? Which is that's, that's the best part when they show up and they're like, Hey coach, this is my, this is my son. Now I'm like, "Whoo!" you know, that's, that's the special part. So to me, club MMA is about serving the community and, uh, with self-defense, martial arts, combat sports, and um, being a place where parents can bring their kids and their kids get to participate and they're not a number and they're never going to sit on the sidelines. They're never going to sit on the bench. They're they're always going to participate and they're going to grow at their speed and nobody else's speed and they're not going to be bullied. They're not going to be pressured or pushed too hard. You know what I mean? Like it's a place for everybody. You know, and, uh, that's always been my mission because I've got to work and spend a lot of time with a lot of special needs, um, adult special needs, kids, special needs, and you're not just helping the kid or the child. You're helping the parent too, which is giving the parent an opportunity to sit for 45 minutes and know that their kid is going to be taken care of and they're going to be in a place where they're going to be, have positive reinforcement. So, um, so to me, that's, that's what's important. Um, you know, now do I get athletes coming in? Yeah, man. And and we push them and everybody, everybody gets to have a place and that's really my goal. And that's how it's going to end, you know, whenever I'm done doing it.
0: What, who is your jujitsu, um,
1: lineage? Okay. So um, there's actually been like a thing going around on the internet. Um, have you ever heard of the Dirty Dozen? Mm-hmm. The Dirty Dozen, mm-hmm. the twelve non-Brazilians that got their black belts. The twelve. non well, okay. Mike, co- the,
0: the the one guy has a like Stuart Cooper uh, video, and he was one of the. I, I forget Chris something. I remember. I've I've you heard got a like couple. Chris Powder. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if you go on, if you look up the Dirty Dozen, two of the Dirty Dozen. Um, which is David Meyer and John will. Those are my coaches. So, um, David Meyer is out of San Francisco or Sausalito, uh, California. He is, um, been training for longer than I've been alive and, you know, started in, um, uh, some Japanese Jitsu styles, small circle jujitsu, and then got into Brazilian Jitsu And, um, High level competitor, you know, one Nogi, uh, Nogi pans, Nogi worlds, you know, he's probably in his late fifties and, um, still competes. I mean, I think like before COVID hit, he was the current Nogi world champion in his age bracket. So, um, and then John will is, um, he is actually like Australia's first black belt. So John will, he's like, if you want to go down a rabbit hole that's a dude you want to go down a rabbit hole with. Um, honestly too, you should just hit him up for a podcast because that cat is, that cat is, um, if you've never heard of him. He's, uh, you should, you should look him up. He's got an awesome story. He, um, he's a Ronin, and he literally, um, just, tr- he just literally like was enthusiastic about martial arts. And when he became 18 years old, got a backpack and started traveling the world like, uh, like Kane from, uh, Kung Fu. Um, and literally like ended up in Malaysia and Indonesia and, uh, ended up in India, Thailand, Japan, you know, uh, made it to the United States, started training with Benny the jet, um, started hearing about this jujitsu stuff, went to, um, Horian's garage and got a private lesson and, um, and then ended up doing another one and ended up Higan Machado was his instructor. And they just became friends immediately. And Hegan's like, "Hey, I'm going back to Brazil. You should come with me." John just had a backpack, so he's like, "Okay," so just went to Brazil. And uh, so John has just been all over the world and done all kinds of crazy stuff. And to me, he's probably the most underrated martial arts instructor. If you don't, because a lot of people still don't know him in the United States because he's so. He's like soccer. You know what I mean? He's just so globally known in Europe, uh, UK, and, um, and Australia, New Zealand. And uh, Matt Thornton is actually um, a huge fan of him. And Matt Thornton did a podcast with him. And uh, he's just he's just a badass dude. But in my opinion, one of the best, most efficient communicators and teachers you will ever find never won a world championship, never did this, never did that. He's got over a hundred black belts under him in his um, organization in Australia. And, um, I don't know, just a really cool dude. And he's like, a he's like, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu crocodile hunter. Just super enthusiastic. And he'll just, I mean, and the way he coaches and teaches and breaks things down is just, is just amazing. So I've been very fortunate to know him. And to know David, they are Machado black belts, um, under Hegan and John and David are both six degree black belts.
0: And I, I apologize. I, I think you mentioned this earlier. How many black belts do you have under you at the, between the two schools?
1: I, uh, for jujitsu?
0: Yeah. Or maybe not under you, whatever. How many black belts yeah, do it, you guys have at your gyms?
1: Um, I've got about 15. So, um, yeah. So I started, uh, I started um, my 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 organization focused fight team because I was getting school owners asking like, "Hey, how do you do this?" And they were like purple belts and brown belts, and they wanted to uh, you know make the schools better. They needed a black belt to be under, and you know so through our organization, we probably got about fifty between fifteen and twenty black belts that are in the Focus fight team organization. Okay, you know that I that I've promoted to black belt. Um, so yeah, the the. the the organization's going really good. The schools are going really good. we got quite a few of them in the Cincinnati area. And then we've got schools in Arkansas, Oklahoma, northern Ohio, Chicago, um, Florida, you know. And the goal really isn't to – everybody that's doing their own thing, that's an independent martial arts school owner, you know, they might need a coach to promote them to their black belt eventually one day. You know, obviously the goal as a black belt instructor is to upkeep the integrity of it. But a lot of them, you know, they're already tough as shit. You know what I mean? They've, they're not, they're purple belts, but they're like, they wrestle like black belts, and they they've been coaching, they've been running their schools for a really long time. Um, but my goal is is not just to make them black belts in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but make them black belts in business because everybody thinks just because you have a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu means people are just gonna knock down your door and oh sign up here and sign up here, but you like suck at business and or you suck at coaching you know, so, uh, the goal is to kind of make them a well-rounded martial artist and on martial arts op- entrepreneur. So, um, cause a lot of the school owners that I'm helping now, they're, you know, they're turning around, especially with COVID hitting really bad. Everybody's building back up, you know, hundred, 150, 200 students, and, uh, they're able to live off of it. And that's really the goal. If you're going to run a school, you want to live off of it instead of have to work a full-time job. And then, Go teach at night, especially if it's yours. You know, if you're just, you know, if you're just helping out, that's one thing. But like, if you're like taking all the risk and all the responsibility, that's a hard, that's a hard life working nine to five and then going straight to the gym and coaching at night, you know, and a lot of it is, is everybody wants to focus on everything that's happening on the mat instead of what's happening in the office. They got to split their time. You know what I mean? So that's where a lot of people fail.
0: Do you have a kickboxing affiliation?
1: Uh, so I did. I do all my kickboxing through um, Master Toddy. So I've been loyal to him since like 2006. So usually we'll go. We go to Thailand. We haven't been to Thailand since like 2018, but with COVID hitting, so we'll we'll go to Bangkok and train with him and uh, run all his stuff. Probably one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. He's one of the smartest, most intelligent instructors. And he has everything organized and systemized. And this is how you run it. This is how you do it. And, um, I was super impressed with master Toddy when I met him, um, back in 2006 out in Las Vegas because his school in Las Vegas, uh, he had like 500, 600 students. And when I walked in the door, cause I signed up just to do private lessons for like a week with him and it cost a buttload of money. And I walked into his Academy at like five o'clock in the evening when classes were going and he had four boxing rings set up and he was teaching. Each boxing ring was a level. It's so like the front ring was like beginners. Side ring was intermediate. These guys were advanced. And then the people that were up in the big ring were like all the pros. And he literally like walks out. This is what we're doing, bop, 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 go. And there was like a hundred people on the mat. And I'm watching it. And the thing that was to me, the ratio was 70% women. 30% men. Mm. And I'm not talking cardio kickboxing. I'm talking like tie shorts, shirts tucked in, everybody get your boxing and these everybody is fighting like they're they're in the ring. And they're sparring, full-on sparring, and this and that, and like Kevin Ross is there. I don't know if you know who Kevin Ross is. Kevin Ross, before he got you know to where he is, he's there. You know, um, that's when Gina Carano was fighting out of there. You know, back in two thousand and six, and he ran that show, Fight Girls. And um, I looked at Master Tai, and I was like, "Hey, man." He's like, "You got any questions before we start?" I said, "Yes, sir, I do." How do you get all those women? to get punched in the face and be okay with it. And he says, I have a system I will show you. And I was sold. So that guy is brilliant.
0: If And then, Oh, sorry. Go
1: ahead. No, you, you
0: go ahead. ahead. I was going to ask him. You said, and then, so you continue. I got something after.
1: No, I mean like he's just brilliant. He's brilliant from a marketing perspective. He has everything systemized. And the funny part was, is I was training with him. I'm like 2006, go back to visit him like 2013. And I walk in the door, I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm stoked. I can see Master Toddy. Where's he at? And he's like, everybody's like, Oh, he moved back to Thailand. I'm like, man. So I had to wait it out a couple of years. And my wife surprised me and my whole staff with a Thailand trip to, uh, go see him in Bangkok, which was super awesome. And then, uh, Cause I was real hesitant to travel like, um, and we all went, we stayed at his, uh, he has a compound in Bangkok. He has a compound and you like, he's got dorms and everything's just right there. And you literally, they'll pick you up at the airport. They take you to the gym. They got all the gear there. You can buy all your stuff. And then literally and it's in it, you know, training, private lessons, classes, they'll take you to, they'll take you to the fights. I mean, it's, it's absolutely a great experience. Um, so yeah, magic is the bomb. All right. So if we're dissecting
0: your numbers, 700, uh, students there, um, do you have a cardio kickboxing program? I'm trying to be real nosy about what, what's, I mean, those, those are some very impressive, uh, enrollment numbers. I mean, what you mind sharing what the breakdown is for those type of students?
1: Yeah, our core is, um, um, our core is four to 12 year olds. Kids. So four to seven, four to twelve year olds, we break everything down age specific, um, and and the four to twelve year old program is kids MMA. So it's punching, kicking, wrestling, basic jujitsu, and those four to seven, four to five year olds go to six and sevens. Six and sevens go to eight to twelve. Eight to twelve year old is our kids' main kids meat and potato MMA program that goes like a white belt to black belt in the MMA. Um, then I also have, so that is what I refer to as. A program for everyone, the, M- the kids' MMA. And then for the kids that are above and beyond MMA, we'll personally invite them to come to kids' Jiu Jitsu. And that's like an upgrade class. So like they'll upgrade over to kids' Jiu Jitsu. Um, and then kids can get their MMA black belt, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. Um, but I also run a teen program. My teen program is Muay Thai and jiu-jitsu. So it's two different programs. Um, so some of the kids will be doing kids MMA cause they want to get their MMA black belt, but they're like, I want the program to be a little harder. So they'll take teen jujitsu too. So I've got multiple memberships going on there. Um, so my meat and potatoes is my four to 12 year olds, but now my teen program, I probably got 60 to 80 kids in. Um, and then adults is, you know, adult jiu-jitsu is probably anywhere from 50 to a hundred and then a boy ties, um, anywhere from, you know, 50 to 80. So it's, it's cardio kickboxing. I got
0: like 10 people. So you do have a cardio kickboxing, um, class, but it's
1: it's very minimal. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Like a good business person would shit can that class. And I would keep three prime time spots available. And I could probably fill that with probably 30 more people. But okay. we do it to make people happy, you know what I mean? Like cardio kickboxing isn't that popular to us. Okay, I have seen
0: other gyms that really thrive in the cardio kickboxing scene. What is different about what you're describing versus what I'm describing well, with those? I
1: feel like the reason cardio kick Okay, so you got to understand from a business perspective, how long is cardio kickboxing going to sustain? Because so let's talk about the business perspective of martial arts and fitness. Fitness is up and down and fluctuates, right? How many gym memberships got sold at the first of the year to plan a fitness a whole bunch. Now everybody will quit using their membership by February. Now why? There's a reason. There's lots of reasons why now join a martial arts school. Now, Cardio kickboxing can be popular because you're going in, you're taking a class, you're with the community and this and that, but what's your result? Like, yeah, you might lose some weight. You might learn how to punch or kick or this or that, but then it starts to get boring and it starts to get repetitive. And there's really no purpose. Good quality martial art programs, like a good kickboxing Muay Thai program that's got structure, organization, teaches you a skill, teaches you how to defend yourself or same with jujitsu. And you have a community that's always counting on you to come back so you can get better because, you know, we got to, we got to spar, we got to roll. You know what I mean? So I went down that rabbit hole. I'm not interested in cardio kickboxing. It's a waste of my time and it's boring to teach, you know? So we've made, I've made all of our success on full-time martial arts school, full instructional martial art program. Wow. So that's what we do. We're a full-time martial arts school. I'm not, I am not interested in cardio kickboxing at all. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of, and two people are going to do it for like three months to six months. I mean, like what's the retention on that? I don't know. know Actually, you
0: tell me, is it low for other gyms? For other gyms, they they have big numbers Uh,
1: sometimes, but it's low retention. You think? Well, that, but you're just like, you're going to keep a student for, you're going to keep a student for what? Six to nine months. And then you're going to have to find a new one. Why? Why is it such a low turnover? because it's boring. Once you get all the patterns down, like what's next? I lost all my weight. I quit.
0: Okay. Very interesting perspective about the cardio kickboxing. You know, that's something I had not, I guess, been aware of. I know I've seen big numbers and I agree with you. You, you, You're preaching to the choir. I'm a a very elementary, uh, jujitsu practitioner and like a, a boxing class attender. And, I agree with you. It's, it's mentally simulating and a really good workout. So, I mean, I, I completely understand what you're saying. You want to sell something. You are in sales. You want to sell something that is super fulfilling. You're not trying to sell something that's cheap and, 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 uh, fleeting.
1: Well, that, but here's the thing too. Like, um, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm in it for the money. Uh, that's, I, I think more it's, you know, if you don't, if you don't have business sense and you don't cause like I have all this martial arts skill. Like I, 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 this is all I do. I love martial arts. And the thing is, is, um, I want to give an opportunity for people to grow and expand. And I want to help people, uh, conquer their fear. Um, you know, uh, of anxiety, of confidence, of this and of that. And, and the thing is, is, is and, and to grow them. But the thing is, is it's like, I'm not interested in making money off of fitness. That's not my business. My my business is martial arts. Martial arts instruction. Um can you get in shape doing martial arts? Hell yeah, you can. Um, but the thing is though, is this I'm I want to be used as an asset with my knowledge and my skill set and my coaching ability and my communication skills to get people to do shit that they would have never done before. So and two, self defense is a life skill that every human being should have the right to have, you know? So I want to make that experience. Um, I mean, obviously it's going to be uncomfortable, but I want to make it as comfortable as possible for them to where they'll grow into it and they'll be able to become stronger, faster, tougher, more fit, more confident and, um, and build the community that way. Um, so I'm not interested in a bunch of, soccer moms coming in and just jumping jacks and doing this. Like I want to teach people how to protect themselves, you know? Um, and I prefer to focus on that. Um, are there fitness facilities out there that kill it in the uh, cardio kickboxing world? Hell yeah. And do that, do what works for you, but I'm not a fitness guru. I'm a karate nerd, you know? So, and that's where skills, um, are the best. Could I do all the fitness stuff? I could, but, I don't want to waste time doing that. I want, to, I want to teach people actually how to punch, how to punch correctly, kick correctly, and have the confidence. Because like I said, when I walked into Master Cottage Gym, I'm like, how do you have a 70% women-to-men ratio and these women are fighting and they're tough? And when he started showing me how to teach that and facilitate that and teach people how to get hit, and beat the flinch reflex and show people that they're stronger and tougher than they actually are. I'm like, Oh my God, this is, he, he unlocked, he's got, he's, he's got the master key to teach people how to fight and how to defend themselves. So I follow that mold and I'm just luckier than hell to ask that question when I was there. And that is what I've based everything off of up to now where I'm at to a thousand students. And, I've had female MMA fighters and female Muay Thai fighters and, um, and I got moms coming. They don't want to fight, but they're coming to fight camp to help the fighters. You know what I mean? And they're in there sparring and mixing it up. And I'm like, I'm just trying to replicate what I saw master Toddy do. And, um, and it's been working. You know what I mean? Like not everybody wants to fight. And, and I, I don't push that because I don't, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't really care. Um, I just want to train martial arts because this is what I love and uh,
0: so it's worked out for now are, are you the most this is going to be a somewhat you don't have to answer this question if you don't want are you the most successful martial arts gym
1: in Cincinnati I don't know I, you, you have to just base that on what's your definition of success okay, okay you know what I mean have I helped a lot of people yes um, do we do good for the community yes do, um, we have a nice facility. Yes. Do we have a pretty good mat culture? Yes. Do I deal with the riffraff and the bullshit and do I get it out of my gym as fast as possible? Yes. Um, everything is based on, can I sleep at night? So if I can sleep at night, I'm, I think I'm doing all right. Um, so I don't, I don't, everybody's definition, definition of success is different. Uh, My success is I get to do what I want every day and I'm able to eat off of it. And not only am I able to eat off of it, which I'm proud of, I'm more proud that the people that work for me full time get to eat off of it. So that's what I'm the most proud of. Um, so as far as a business and an organization, I think we're doing really well. Um, my goal is to stay right where I'm at until I don't want to do it anymore.
0: I love it. Jeff. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. I feel like I had a whole list of topics I could get to with you, including MMA fights and fighters and all sorts of stuff. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm up against the end of the, the hour. I appreciate you joining me. We'll have to do no. this again sometime soon.
1: Thank you. I do. I just want to say one more thing before I say thank you is, um, I have a lot of irons in the fire as far as who is who I am as a martial artist and as a business owner. But uh, for anybody listening out there, you know, if you're running a gym and you need help, um, that's what I do. I try to help school owners understand how to run their gym, how to afford it, how to pay for it, how to be able to do what you love because it's not that complicated. And um, Because if I'm doing it, everybody can do it because I'm a knucklehead. Um, but I just want to put that out there. So if anybody is interested I just kind of want to shout out, uh, focus fight team, you can look it up, you know, Instagram, Facebook, the internet, whatever, but, uh, just want to leave with that. And Kelly, I want to thank you again for, uh, the offer to have us on and, uh, you know, anytime I'd love to chat more cause I got plenty of other shit to talk about with you. So, uh, again, I appreciate it. And, uh, and good on you for having over 600 episodes of uh, podcasts podcast and stuff. That's pretty awesome.
0: Thank you very much. Actually, I, I guess I could ask one last question. If you could give one piece of advice to a brand new gym owner, someone who's just getting started, what would that be? Uh,
1: the, the piece of advice that I would have for anybody that wants to start a gym, you better have all of your planning done before you open. And that checklist is long. What is a checklist? The checklist is, is do I know something that people want to buy? Do I know how to get people? Can I communicate that effectively? Then you have to learn everything there is to know about business. And I don't mean just like how to market. You need to know what an LLC is. You need to know insurance. You need to know the risk, the reward. And two, you need to make sure if you're going into business and you're married or you're single or you're this or that, that the people around you that you're going to be doing this business around that they support you because if they don't get rid of them and then from there have something to sell. And if you don't have anything to sell, don't start your business. So I think those are the things. And then when you do sell it, don't ever complain, grit, grind, do whatever you got to do to make it and have a, whatever it takes attitude and teach every class like it's your last if you do that and you're passionate and you're a good human being um, people will show up and they'll tell people
0: I love it well Jeff Robinson of Club MMA thank you very much for coming on the show um, I look forward to speaking with you again sometime soon thank you no thank you pal I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Kelly Patrick show of course we will have another episode out soon